0: Hey, Just wanted to say a quick disclaimer. We are not theologians, pastors, religious teachers, or in any way an authority of the Bible. Just average Christians having a great time talking about the Bible with our friends. Potluck was created to encourage food for thought and to help open up a conversation about major and minor topics from the Bible. We strongly encourage all audience members to conduct their own research as statements presented are largely opinion-based as well as backed. Us here at Potluck wish you a great day, and please, come enjoy the Potluck!
1: Welcome to Potluck, the podcast where we bring our different dishes of conversation and perspective to the table. This podcast focuses on a casual conversation about God through personal stories and experiences. We hope that these conversations help in understanding the Bible, God, and each other. We're glad that you've decided to join our conversation. Okay, so welcome back to the Potluck, the podcast. Um... We're excited to be back. We haven't recorded in a really long time. So <laughs> there's that. Um, can't even remember the last time we recorded. But um, so today's question is what is our favorite snack at the moment? I'll go first. Um, my favorite snack right now is popcorn. I'm actually currently eating it at the moment. <laughs> the movie theater popcorn, specifically, and the Pop Secret movie theater popcorn.
2: It's fire. Um, all right, Kirby. <laughs> Tell us what yours is. Hey, my name is Kirby. Uh Ciao and bienvenuto. I'm sticking with this. I'm sticking forgot, with it. I, I forgot you're doing that. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, my favorite snack right now. It's it's been my favorite snack for about a year now going on. Uh vanilla wafers. I'm a fiend for vanilla wafers. Uh if you think it's trash, you can fight me. I'm gonna see you outside.
3: I'm Darcy and my favorite snack, I always get stressed when somebody asks me a favorites question because my favorites change all the time, but currently what I'm eating a lot is veggie straws, but like specifically the zesty ranch flavor, it's really good. And then also if I get like really bored during the day or really bored of like what I'm doing, like whether I'm doing work or something and... I feel the need to eat something, but I also don't wanna be eating all day, then I'll get like chai tea. I don't know if that qualifies as as a snack, but I love me some chai.
0: Hi, my name is Caitlin. Um, my current favorite snack right now is, they're like these chips made out of, they're chips, but they're made out of popcorn and they're like in chip shapes. Um, Yeah. There, I will. It's a problem. I'll sit there and eat an entire bag and not not even feel bad about it. It's I yeah. Kirby, are
1: you wanting to weigh in on this?
0: <laughs> Hot corners, yeah, that's what they're called. They're oh, so good. I
2: she didn't know the name, so I was like, I-, I know the name. I know what you're talking about. Goated snack. No arguments.
0: Delicious. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
4: Hey, it's Briley. Um. So I don't know if this is considered like a snack per se, because I don't really snack snack. Like when I snack, it's more of a food, but like spicy ramen, like instant noodle ramen, but like really, really spicy, man. With a a little bit of cottage cheese or a little bit of sour cream to like just calm the heat a little bit. I don't know. It's just, I've been craving it so much. And Walmart, they've been out of it for like two weeks. And it's so sad. And yeah, I don't know if it's a snack, but it that's what I snack on. So I really want to like that, Briley.
3: I really do. And like for the first few bites, I'm like, oh yeah, this is really good. But then I realize my whiteness kicks in. And I'm just like, no, you are not built for this. So did not go
5: there. Oh god, you're not gonna you craving spicy ramen. Ah, ah. <laughs> it's actually- so good though. It's so good. Uh, hello, I am uh, Daniel. Uh, I really like whatever these things are. I, hold on. Why well, will not focus? I put it on my face. Maybe it will. Nope. These things are too smart.
1: <laughs> you have to put your hand behind it, like the YouTubers. No, it's not working.
5: <laughs> no, I, I, it's, it's literally just because it like blurs everything that is in a human face. Oh. So hold on. There we go. But these things, hard snaps, like these are like black bean snaps. Like especially this flavor, the freaking mango chili flavor.
1: <laughs> I've had that so flavor. Good. So
5: good. It's so good. The black pepper ones are also really good. I don't like they have like a Caesar salad like version and like a zesty ranch. And I, I don't like any of those. The black the the black pepper and the mango chili one. Oh, it's so good.
6: My name is Delano, and uh, right now, my favorite snacks, I like I like a nice balance of, like, savory and sweet things, but um, at Dollar Tree, there are these, like, honey, uh, spicy, sweet, spicy, like, cheese puffs. I don't know the name of them, but they're very, very good, and a, a good sweet snack is, like, a uh,
1: right sweet here. fish.
6: Oh, yeah. Danila has them. Um, but, yeah, Swedish fish or any cold chocolate.
3: Danila, can we get some ASMR with those those cheese doodles?
2: Lucy, why did you ask? Darcy, don't, <laughs> <laughs> Darcy, don't
3: let this happen. Hey, all, all we're doing is showing people what they look like. And I'm like, you know, I feel bad for our, our um, audio listeners because they're just like, we want to see what's happening. So if you We don't even have any video a little bit. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
3: here it is. Can I see this good? I turn? Sure. I can barely hear anything. Oh!
1: <laughs> you yep.
3: can't hear a thing. Oh! <laughs>
2: The ears are saved. Except by Delano. Delano ruined it all.
6: Yeah, I'm just giving them the full experience.
5: No, (laughs) Delano. No, you made me like have like a visceral reaction to that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have a new mic. I'm very excited. Hopefully my sound sounds better. Okay, so for today's topic, we went through a list of things that we've kind of like accumulated, like ideas um, that I have on my phone that people just kind of said, and the idea that was on my phone was altar calls, but we've now decided to broaden that idea to just evangelism within the church in general. The old version, like the outdated version also, but also the super modern um, annoying versions (laughs) um so just anything we think about evangelism should we start off with altar calls or should we should we start off with just our most annoying thing about evangelisms or how, how do you guys want to start this
3: i almost feel like a topic like this deserves opening remarks from each person <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: testimonials <laughs> all right who wants to start
2: <laughs> oh boy yeah <laughs> Someone who mentioned that someone needed testimonials. I mean she has a testimonial to give right now.
3: That's true. So it? I should go? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> okay, I guess two things. First one is altar calls. Um a lot of people, probably most people in this podcast, I'm sure have had this same experience because three of them went to school with me or four of them went to school with me so they have the pretty much exact same experience as me but I vividly remember like at our high school um, when we would have our week of prayer or whatever and speakers would come and always 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 do our altar calls like are you even an official preacher if you don't do an altar call at an, a week of prayer um, and I just remember this one speaker in particular that just dragged it out the longest I'd ever seen like I was I was sitting there you know he begins his altar call and it's like okay um I mean people can go up this is good this is good for people who feel convicted convicted in this moment like they want to go up and have him pray over them or maybe get baptized or whatever and then five minutes in it's like okay this is a little uncomfortable but I guess we're kind of wrapping it up now 10 minutes in I'm like starting to question my faith 20 minutes in I'm like (laughs) majorly guilt tripped, like seconds away from getting up and I honestly I was sitting down as a form of protest at that point because like so many people had gotten up already probably because of the same like guilt tripped feelings and I just hate the whole the whole idea of like altar calls turning into guilt trip sessions because I think there's a place for them but I just hate hate it whenever they get dragged out um so that's the first thought I have on this whole thing and then the second thought um I went on a mission trip to Dominican Republic and we were supposed to go there and preach um and all of the sermons were like pre-prepared for us and everything
1: I also went on a mission trip (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh okay so I'll be really quick I'll be really quick so basically it was an evangelistic like series of sermons and I didn't totally like I don't know I felt weird about what I was preaching maybe I should let Danila take it from here No, no you,
1: you're gonna keep I, I wasn't even gonna talk about that uh, oh,
3: okay okay cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um I first pers- like I don't know I it was partially because I was not like super connected to the sermons because again, they were pre prepared for me. I could look over them and kind of put <laughs> them in my own words. Um, but it was topics that were given, and they had all the slides like already prepared and everything. Um, and I just felt weird about it. I feel weird about like this whole package that we as Adventists like present to people in our evan- ev- evangelistic meetings, um, where it's like, just this system of like steps and it kind of involves like some low-key fear tactics not that we're saying like you're going to burn in hell forever but we do kind of bring that up a lot and bring up a lot of scary things and I don't know I just feel like evangelism there's a lot of ways it could be improved um to really connect with people on a personal level instead of trying to draft people into our church and trying to get the numbers um it there's a lot of things that just don't sit well with me so maybe we'll like hash them all out in this conversation so i'll stop (laughs) i'll
1: stop talking for now the way you worded that was really good by the way (laughs) thank you no one else is gonna say anything i might as well
2: right in there. Um, So briefly talked about prior to the podcast, I told everyone how uh, I was helping a part of a week of prayer-esque revival situation at a church uh, in South Florida. Uh, A couple of us went down to sing. I wouldn't say it's a mission trip, but kind of-ish. But we would sing uh, every night up until like Thursday, and then we went again Friday, Saturday, and we started Saturday. It was a full week. And, uh, you know, issues with past, the way the pastor was speaking, some people did like everything. But every night, religiously, <laughs> in a religion, he <laughs> would try to do an altar call. Uh, And try to do an altar call for, like, hey, call for baptism at the end of the week and this, that, and the third. It's like, you wanna get closer. And one day, uh, specifically, one night, specifically, one of my friends, he, like, we realized it was a mixture of, oh, come up for like, uh, there was like a men's day. So men would come up and men would get a pep talk about how to be men in the church and, you know, treat women correctly so then uh, we can make strong families, especially the black community specifically. It's the idea of being a strong man and making sure you don't like screw up and lead women astray was the idea. But there was one uh, night where it was just kind of like, uh, stand and come to the front if you just want to be better. Not a baptism type of altar call, but like if you want to be, uh, like a better in Christ and everything, and every night is always a there's a there's a pre walk, and then there's like then the people want to get baptized and come in front, but he flipped it on everyone, and the pre walk was the baptism walk. So like 20 people got up and walked up, assuming it was just a yeah, let me get closer, pray on me, and then we can head out. But it was like, <laughs> and you guys are all here because you want to get baptized, and then my friend turns around, who's in the group of people, and looks at me. He's like, this is not what I came for. I, was gonna say, hey, I know we had this regular thing but let me let me flip it on and now i'm getting baptized hey yo, <laughs> now you're uh-huh.
1: getting baptized. <laughs> <laughs> yo.
2: and then eventually a lady who wasn't even like because the pastor he was a speaker who came from somewhere else this lady kind of was like egging him on the whole uh, <sighs> week like uh was doing ad-libs so she came to all of us who were singing and for people who didn't walk up to get baptized she was like it'd be such a shame if you came here this week sang with us and did all this stuff for us and you missed on your blessing so think about it think about mm. getting baptized it was just like hey man that is this is not the way to do anything uh right i'll say two of us got baptized in the week but again they had conversations with another pastor which got them to the point but that was not it <laughs> that was not it at all Yeah, I
6: feel like I feel like uh, um, certain uh, pastors can really beat a dead horse when it comes to altar calls, going for like five and ten minutes, and it's just like keep going and going. It's like, okay, nobody's gotten up in the last three minutes. Uh, perhaps it's time to go. Like it's it's bleeding into lunchtime, and I'm I'm sure somebody out there could. Could need these moments, right? I don't want to knock the fact that it could be useful to somebody, but if nobody's gotten up in three minutes.
1: Okay, Delano, you're getting ahead of us. We haven't, <laughs> we're, we're not diving into it yet. Was <laughs> your personal experience with evangelism in the church? It's just oh. really
6: awkward, you know, <laughs> sitting in the crowd for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. and nobody getting up i just think he's awkward
1: yeah so i guess i can go um basically like what is evangelism right it's just a fancy word of saying marketing for jesus right <laughs> and i feel like marketing for jesus is really bad <laughs> um even that concept of doing that is kind of a hard thing for me to like fully grasp like i know that we need to like tell people about God. And obviously I think that um I think most evangelism that I've been a part of that's outside of the country, it's like fit for that country and it does well. Like what Darcy is saying with the Dominican trip, like mm-hmm. yeah, like they're doing altar calls. But the thing is I feel like in those sermons were formulated for those group of people. And I feel like for those group of people it did well. But I think that our church is really good at marketing to people who are not in America. Mm. Um, Once people in America, they try to do the same tactics that they do in other countries and it does not work. Like you could not do an altar call for like 10 minutes at a regular old church. Like it's just not going to happen. Like, I think what Darcy was saying, it has to be like personal um, just because pretty much everyone, everyone in America has heard about God. Everyone's pretty much heard about some sort of like God experience they've had. Like literally on our money, it says in God we trust. Like it's a very <laughs> religious country in like the Christianity form. And I feel like there's a lot of negative connotations with Christian churches due to our politics and things. Um, so I just feel that in America, it needs to go in another direction. And I feel like with the outdated, like pamphlets that gets handed out. Um, just take a that, walk along the Greenway at Southern Avenue yeah, every bench with a pamphlet. Literally, the health messages. Um, of like, like, I feel like the health message is probably the best one that we have. um, Because it's like, everyone wants to be healthy, you know, vegans a big kick right now. It's like, ooh, they're vegetarian. Like, that's so cute. Like, what's up with that? Mm -hmm. Um, But most of them are just extremely cheesy, extremely bad. Um, I remember when Caitlin and I were putting together like, our Instagram, we're like, for our church, we're like, we cannot have like, the posters on our like feed but then we ended up doing that anyway because it's like what else are you supposed to do we need to get taught like how to market in america like there's no way to like mar- like even marketing jesus yeah so that's my marketing jesus is bad terrible experiences i think my worst experience was like um specifically like we went to this place and there was their tithing for like evangelism so it wasn't exactly the evangelism itself but it was like they were doing like this like auction thing so the guy was like i'm gonna put five dollars into this tithe bucket for evangelism who wants to beat this five dollars like like no more one dollars or anything who's five and then the next one was like you know i have this ten dollars he wants to beat this and like the the deacons were like going into the crowd grabbing ten dollars and he upped it up to like 50 eventually and like did they plan for someone to have a 50 dollar bill on them because no one has a 50 dollar bill on them so I don't know how they had to happen but I think that's my worst experience or not my worst experience but that is an experience <laughs> anyway that's it for me I I've only had bad
5: evangelical experiences. I don't think I've ever like actually sat through like, or like been a part of an evangelical, that word,
6: evangelical. <laughs> that
5: long word that is just uh, marketing for Jesus that has actually been effective and or good. Uh, worst one, and I'm calling out a specific person on this one. That none of you guys know if ever the slightest chance they ever see this, I want them Sensor to censor it. How bad. Yeah, I want them to know how bad of a thought that this was. That it actually stuck with me for so long. It was the the culmination of Jesus and pop culture, and it was was this was when Stranger Things was going around as being a super popular thing. <laughs> and this person said to me with a straight face, "It's like." These kids are caring too much about these stranger things. What about stranger things in Christ? I wanted to throw a <laughs> at myself, Urz. people around, me. like this person said. It was so con, and I listen, listen. I love this person, but at that moment, at that very moment, I wanted to exclude my existence from my own life. Yeah. I, mean, I can't do this. The cringe is too much. And that, to be honest that's like most if not all of them that I've experienced like I, I just I especially hate the pop culture culmination mm-hmm. but I think the hardest part especially in America is the the, the secular marketing tactics used into but we'll, we'll get into that more but, but yeah no, it, it's, it's, just, it's just I don't think I've seen any good evangelical marketing. For, for, I don't think I've ever seen it. Like, I guess in other countries it works. I've seen that and like, especially on like the mission trips and stuff. But even then I would argue those aren't really effective. And I think altar calls specifically, like I, this is gonna sound bad to me as a person, but I kind of hope that nobody shows up at altar calls when a pastor does it. I sit there and kind of hope that no one does, like goes up. There are moments where like they like I have been asked by like elders and deacons like damn, go up. No one's going up, and I'm like, no. Wait, no. What? I want them to sit there and think about what they're doing. <laughs> so nah, nah. I hate altar calls in general. I'm not for it. I kind of hope no one shows up to them. <laughs> I'm spiteful. I'm sorry. I take. <laughs>
6: I'm not trying to do Stranger Things for God, Daniel.
5: I hate you so much, (laughs) Daniel. Wait, Danilo.
2: (laughs) Danilo, what was that one page you showed us where the guy was like taking pop culture references and trying to do it on like at a sermon or he like really corny lines and always trying to the
1: one who's like mimicking the youth pastor. Oh, not the too. not the
2: black guy. There was one where like it was like a genuine like awkward like Christian things or something. You like it was oh, like a good yeah. feed show in the group chat.
1: Oh, it was a white guy sermons.
2: Yes, 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 yes.
1: <laughs> Like oh, there's so many, but oh oh oh, oh I you're talking about the song. It was the a song by um um oh uh, what's the Fifth Harmony work um. From... That's yeah. so cool. you're gonna He's go like, to work you're gonna work work and he was like what about like working for christ I'm like wait oh. what like you have no idea what this song's about dude
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's a crime that,
1: Yo. that should yeah.
5: be a sin guys yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it probably it. some way. <laughs> when, when people say using God's name in vain, I'm just going to talk about that specifically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, honestly, we could talk forever just about like marketing with songs and like how mm. they use pop oh culture songs and mm. mix it in to like. <sighs> it's the worst, yeah. the worst. <laughs> honestly, I found out this week, I don't know if I'll keep this in, but I found out this week that Happy and You Know It
2: Clap your hands is not a Christian song. It was this? a Christian song. Yeah, what I thought it was a Barney
1: thing. At oh, first. I only know it as a Christian song. I if only you're knew happy it as and Barney. you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Um from the father up above is looking down. Oh yeah, oh, yeah you never knew how no. Oh, but I didn't oh, know there's another if happy, way. You know it, your if you're happy, you know it,
2: clap your hands. If you're happy you know it, clap your hands. Show. If you're happy show it if you're happy to you know it clap your yeah. hands yeah
1: yeah that's how it's i've I'm never really heard
5: it. the other way before yeah i've only heard of the- <laughs> never heard it the other way before wow.
6: daniela's a real christian <laughs> we're all fakes
1: <laughs> no like i literally He's was delivered- told, like i was told like i'm nannying right now so i was told from um like one of the moms that oh like they really like the song but i'm like Hmm, but we don't talk about God with these kids, so how are they going to sing this song? And I looked it up, and I listened to it. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, is this an Christian song?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "This is crazy." Oh. <laughs> so that was my personal experience this week. Any this
4: other, um,
1: any other evangelism horror stories?
0: Mine's not really a horror story, but one time I was just going really long, and I went up there because I felt bad for him. And afterward, I think Chrissy was like, "Oh, congrats on getting baptized," and I was like, "I'm not getting baptized."
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dang, that's
0: tough. That's, that's a
1: compassionate
3: a- person, right there, Caitlin. You don't don't change, don't change, Caitlin. Don't change. Take them
5: suffer, Caitlin. Don't show up. Don't do it. Let them. <laughs>
2: Let them know their mistakes. Literally the devil and the angel on the shoulder is each of you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take
5: it. I'll take the heat.
2: I want them to know their mistakes. Hey, man, you want to go somewhere real warm, man. Like (laughs) Miami, Florida.
4: (laughs) I guess I could go. I mean, I kind of agree with what everyone's saying. I've always felt, like, guilted into going up for altar calls. I've never really... Like there's been very few times that I actually feel connected to what like the speaker was saying and actually felt like uh, I was going, like going up for like personal reasons instead of feeling guilted into doing it. So I don't really think that, I don't really think that necessary. Like I think sometimes they're good. I think, I think people just need to like learn when to, I don't know, read the room. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I think, I think, yeah, I think in certain cases it's helpful, but like during evangel, evange, evangelical meeting, girl joins the I don't know why we're having such a hard time with this
3: word, but it's hard. It is. We Man, y'all no learn English first and
2: only your whole life. Y'all can't say evangelical. <laughs> <Yeah>. Evangelical.
4: evangelical. <laughs> during seven-day Adventists,
2: like
1: that's the first word we learn. I know, we're like evangelical. <laughs> I think for me meeting.
3: it's like I can't decide if I want to say evangelistic or evangelical and so I just can't like yeah. Say it. Mm,
4: I yeah it. but what was I saying but anyways those meetings I don't think that every single night needs an altar call but I can see why they would think it is because we're like oh what if one person comes this night and this is the night they should get saved like, quote unquote, get saved, but they won't come the rest of the night. So we want to get them, like, in the system as quick as possible. Um, But I don't necessarily agree with that. Like, I think God will, God will work on them and work on the relationship. If it, like, if they're going to, if they're going to come to Christ, they are going to come to Christ, it's not going to be like a one night, like, saved kind of thing, you know, and I I feel like a lot of evangelical meetings and alter calls put a lot of pressure on people to make what feels like life decisions very quickly so I I've never really enjoyed alter calls I mean I that's kind of what we're all saying so yeah
1: Yeah. oh wait do you guys remember like also you just made me think of something just like the like evangelism meetings in the U.S. are just some random guy who's just touring around the u.s that has some sort of idea about something so they'll be like oh harry potter is bad let me do a tour (laughs) around the u.s talking about it and so he just pops up at your church and they're just like well i guess this guy wants to talk about something but they don't really always screen what he's going to talk about and then he talks about a week about how oh how the the, all the church all the children are corrupted by television today and Mm. oh like like
5: Anila, you just you just described the scenario and how my entire church fell for the early two thousands YouTube meme of playing <laughs> things backwards. Oh, oh my no! My entire church fell for that so much really? so that they believed that Pokemon and the theme song, and if you rewind it backwards, it was worshiping the devil. <laughs> and they had to send a pastor to like me and a bunch of other kids. To try to explain to us that Pokemon is demons, I will never forget that. That that was wild. But like my entire church fell for that because one dude, there's one guy was torn around the United States going like, kids and TV shows are evil. Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, Digimon, all these things are evil. Animes, evil. Video games are evil. And I was
2: like. <laughs>
1: I I can only
2: add on that it was never good, and when people keep trying to do it, it stays bad. But also, Daniel,
1: wait, because of
2: us being the no, 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 the the whole this is this is why everything is wrong in the world and all the media is corrupting. Like, I'll add on that, um, people here know I'm a fiend for uh reality TV, um, and literally, the pastor of the church that we sang at said, you know what. Uh, he said like we sing so well and he loved it so much and like I love the guy he was such a cool dude but he was like, like there's so many wrong things in the world why don't we try to influence the world why don't, why don't they have uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of the organization that I sing with because I don't know how much of, of me is going to be exposed about other groups but it's like we should make a please ex- exert the word out of this reality show why don't we make a reality show of you guys and I'm literally sitting here like there's no way he said that out loud <laughs> There's no way that was a sentence that he thought was okay.
6: It was.
1: I mean, honestly, that kind of sounds fire. <laughs> it doesn't sound too bad to me. <laughs> yeah, when we,
2: when yeah we
6: but
1: start they don't
2: way? know what we're really like. So realistically, it's not the oh the godly reality show that they want. It's no, I'm not imaginable. No, hold, on, hold on. on. I
5: need I need to hear Darcy
1: and, D- and Daniela's reasoning for this. Cause I feel like the exact opposite reason, the reason why I think it would be cool, because the exact opposite reason probably why this pastor is to show that people are not just like good Christian children just sitting down reading their Bibles all day long. Like
6: humans,
1: like they're like we're humans, we have interests like outside of the Bible and stuff. So I think it'd be cool to like. Especially during their tour, um, them going on singing to like just show the behind the scenes of the, them just listening to like Encanto and just chilling. Oh, okay, if
5: it's like a behind the scenes thing, I'm thinking like you're trying to see it, set up like a reality show. Like get like. Not get like a, a dating reality
1: show. Yeah,
5: like, get a bunch of Christians to live in the single dorm together. No, no, like, oh, you no, know, Wait, wait,
2: wait. Best part. Are you the one? Catholics.
1: <laughs> um, wait, wait, why Catholics? because you know it always
2: going to be fun if it's the Catholics
1: oh my god okay so now getting into like actual thoughts and opinions so I guess we'll start with altar calls because that's what most people are talking about like mainly so like I'll just like do like a little promo for altar I feel like they can work under the right conditions I know many people who have gotten baptized for their whole life due to an altar call like you know, altar calls are not all that bad, especially I feel like for mission trips and stuff like that, um, for specifically outreach, like moments, altar calls can be good. Um, but now, now let's talk about how bad they are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm glad you have that opinion. That. <laughs> I think I think they have their moments where they can be good. I honestly, I personally feel like Dominican Republic, perfect place for an altar call, um, for an altar call. Um, but like we were talking about earlier, the random guy touring, talking about whatever he feels is on pressed upon his heart, he should not be doing an altar call.
2: Nope. Get um, a in your basement instead. You don't need to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Record a YouTube video. Do whatever. Just don't do
1: that. Some churches do an altar call every single week. What? Like at the church. Wait, should we should we explain what an altar call is? I just realized. That. Yeah, that's perhaps. a good idea. <laughs> Does someone want to explain that, or do you want me to?
3: I can do it. Okay, go for it. I got you, Janila. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, an altar call is generally at the end of like a sermon or something. And the pastor extends an opportunity to the audience to come up front. So that's pretty much what it is. And like when they come up front, either the pastor will like pray for them or they come up front because they're interested in getting baptized or they come up front because like any number of reasons that the pastor gives, but essentially it's coming up front because you feel convicted by what the pastor just preached about.
1: A call to the altar. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes no. the falls are just standing up, like where you're at, but most of the time it's like walking down. And there's like music playing, like a piano player or guitar. And it's like some hill song so, comes on.
3: Yeah. It's like,
1: <laughs> and then like the music's playing behind the pastor being like, Do you feel convicted today? <laughs> Does God feel like, do you feel like God is telling you on your heart, Today is the day that oh, you come? The the altar altar.
2: <laughs> the father. And, yeah. and
1: today is the day that you need to come to him some days we just feel like
2: was <laughs> born. we feel like
1: we, we don't know what we should do but today's your day that you need to come to christ and come to the altar this saturday we're holding baptisms at blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> From nine to I want to see you guys there. Just come down. <laughs> also, check out my music on Spotify. <laughs>
2: Can we applaud the band? What a great band this week, yeah, guys! I'm oh ready? wow, Such <laughs> <This is> great. <laughs>
1: literally, we literally had a pastor say that, like he was giving a shout out for his rap music while doing oh, it at the yeah. same time. I remember is that that the, definitely elbow <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean, okay, no. In his in his defense, we did bully him. Let's let's not get <laughs> he deserved, why is that?
1: He deserved it. He deserved it, bro. Stop. It was bad. It was bad. But anyway, so that's what an alter call is. Um. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I wonder um, where the new- just, Sorry,
2: Kaylin. Go, Kaylin. Go.
0: It's just, I was just gonna say, I wonder where the name altar call came from. Like, when did they start using it?
1: Hmm. Probably the Catholics. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, I have no idea.
2: Wait, so we'll, uh, we just talk about other like, uh, things that are wrong with alter calls as a whole, right? So like, I think my like my perspective personally is like, like what I told you earlier, tricking someone into an altar call. When you think it wasn't an altar call, you thought it was, hey, I'm just gonna pray over everyone so we can have a blessing. let's all come to the front in a way of camaraderie. But if you don't know any better, you didn't know this was actually a baptism. because not all altar calls are baptisms Let's also point that out. So it's like just a way of being able to signify uh, you wanting to grow your relationship. It being any way of getting more Bible study, this and the third. And it's like, I just feel like sometimes like, hey, let's read the room, right? Like, let's actually read the room. Instead of just like, oh, we're, I'm here to get a number today. Cause I, let's be realistic. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's like, i just trying to, I'm trying to get my stats up. Like imagine mm-hmm. I did a whole week. I ain't got one baptism. Now I look terrible mm-hmm. on the stat sheet.
3: But Can I'm trying to Can we talk about that?
1: The numbers
3: thing? Mm -hmm. because I get I get the fact that like we've made the church into kind of a business now because we have to exist somehow in the world as like an entity like a structure because that's how the world works and so now it's like it's a church but there's also business terms that have come to apply to the church and when you want to see how well a church is doing or how well a pastor is doing then I guess they started using numbers of like baptisms or like met new members and stuff. Um, so like I get that side of it, but it also still just doesn't sit well with me that like like we're focusing so much on how many baptisms we get. I don't know. What are your guys thoughts on that? Because like obviously it's good to get more baptisms. Like it's really good. And like there's probably a good thing about counting the baptisms but I think there's also a dangerous side where certain pastors will get so focused on counting the baptisms and on the numbers. And it just feels weird to me. And then obviously, like, the ba- like the baptism means nothing, truly, if you're, like, if you don't care about, like, the person's journey after that.
4: I don't know. What do mm-hmm. you guys think
3: about the whole numbers thing?
4: I definitely agree. That's something that's really bothered me over the years is because <coughs> Ooh, that will... Briley, <laughs> like, you want to start over? the podcast, <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I think
3: oh,
2: We'll, we'll it in. We'll keep it in. <laughs> we'll keep me, that in. My I'm gonna go all in on this bird, man. I'm gonna go crazy. Uh, oh my, oh my god, <laughs> we can stop, okay? I will fight you. I will actually fight you.
4: Okay, Briley. <laughs> so this is something that's like actually always bothered me the the numbers thing because I feel like. It will end up driving people away from the church more than it will bring people towards and not even towards the church, towards God, you know, because like, it's not about the church. It's like, I mean, we are the people, the people are the church and it like, it becomes a sort of business where like, we're just trying to get the numbers up and it really becomes nothing about the people like you were saying. And I feel like that ultimately just really destroys a lot of people's relationships with jesus and with god and that also destroys like interpersonal relationships within the church because once they've got you they don't care anymore they're like well we've got the number written down and even if you're not an active member you're still on the list so it literally doesn't matter and that's something that's always really i've just tripped up on (laughs) Kirby. all right
2: i wanted to add on because like i felt that's why i shook very aggressively i apologize for cutting you off um basically i I was like talking to someone and they even said like their whole like job trajectory is kind of wanting to be there for the people who eventually like you know they got baptized they're in the church but like like you said you get baptized you're just a number to begin with you just you just a number on the stat sheet so once i baptize you (laughs) i'm out that's crazy Mm -hmm. it's over but like there's no one to support those like new members or the people who get baptized and be like, hey, let me stick with you and like show the support that I'm still here or like that I see you post baptism, right? So it's like, for example, the like when I heard that, I was like, that's really cool. There's like someone actually actively wanting to be there for people who get baptized. Because at the end of the day, think about when you got baptized, how many people cared or care to like check up on you after you got baptized or just seeing like, hey, is the devil testing you now that you got baptized? Cause that's usually how it is. The devil's supposed to come and attack you after you get baptized. We ain't really see how people, checking up on people at all. We just let it run. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So- oh,
5: sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna add in like the fact that like, I know I know too many people who later on got baptized again because they felt like the first time they got Mm -hmm. baptized was just completely like just peer pressure, altar called nonsense. Like they were forced to by their family, whatever it be. And I'm just like, that's gotta be so sad to have that realization. I'm happy for them that they got baptized again in their own terms and in their own like spiritual walk with God. But like the fact that that was something that was stopping them from getting the second baptism in the first place, they're like, I don't want to get baptized again because I don't feel like the first time I did it was enough. And I still don't think I've, I've measured up to that point that mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's enough. And I was like, like, dang, like how can you go through your entire spiritual walk? With, like, especially if you get baptized at a young age because of an altar call, whatever it
0: is. Yeah. It
5: is. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there the entire, like, dang, I'm lying to everybody. Like I'm telling people I'm baptized, but I didn't, I don't feel like I was baptized so that that that's got to cause some problems that like even beyond the whole like even after the baptism whatever it is like that that's got to cause problems with your spiritual life whether you like it or not because that's going to be sitting there like in your head thinking like i i'm lying to everybody i'm lying to god like they're, they're probably thinking in their head like i know somebody who had that thought and it was a lot of just like oh like i don't feel like i deserve to be baptized again because like i i lied the first time and i'm like that's that's so sad that's terribly sad so like i can imagine that that's not like just a, like a unique case basis i mean yeah sure i know a lot of people who have it but there's probably a lot more people who have that same experience and when that came to my attention i was like that is the saddest thing please get baptized when you think you're ready like mm-hmm. when you want to not just because some dude wanted to make things awkward for 10 minutes
1: for and
5: guilt sure. trip you into it
0: mm-hmm. also,
5: uh, we will probably delve more into the section about it, but like the whole spiritual high mm-hmm. the whole and stuff like that kind of want to call that out because that, mm-hmm. that itself, I don't think I've ever been more irritated in my entire life in, in for moments like that, that should not exist.
1: Okay. Okay. So Daniel just touched on two really big things. One is rebaptisms, and mm-hmm. the other one is spiritual highs. With the rebaptisms thing, like that is so, so huge because so, like you said, so many people feel like they need to get rebaptized. I know people that would go to camp and they get a spiritual high every single time they go and they get rebaptized like seven times. (laughs) <laughs> like what what the heck? Like how many times do you need to be saved? Like he saved you the first time. He saved you. All when the you time,
5: Daniela. I need to be saved every time. <laughs> every
1: time. All right, hey. And
3: you were saved without being baptized. Yeah, you were saved by the way
1: public yeah. declaration of your salvation. So mm-hmm. okay, scooting back a little bit, I looked up what um Caitlin was talking about. Um, did you look it up too? About like where did you did. Oh, do
0: you want to say it go for it um it says that it was a the website that i got on said that it was a mid-20th century thing oh, right it, the gospel mm-hmm.
1: coalition
0: yeah, yeah yeah same that's the one
1: i was looking
0: at cool um it says that it was um by the mid-20th century altar calls had become a staple of evangelical and baptist life in america especially in the south um god dang the south <laughs> <laughs> it says that they n- not as many a lot of churches have stopped doing it because there's not a strong biblical basis to it and it was originally part of new measures that were introduced by charles finney in the later stages of the second great awakening
1: yeah so it was like a book that he wrote okay and, like, um, so it was, like, 1840-something. And, like, they had this whole technique called, like, anxious bench. Like, they were, oh. the whole t- tactic behind <clears throat> altar calls was to make people anxious in their seats. Oh my to feel like they needed to get up, which is so crazy. Wait, like,
2: Wait, wait, Dadila, are you saying... The tactics of an altar call is just gaslighting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. Oh no.
0: It goes no. full circle. No. Oh no. Oh no.
5: I don't even the Christians to gaslight everyone better than themselves. So.
0: <laughs> oh. oh man,
2: I came so far on this journey, man. And now
1: <laughs> it goes full circle, bro. Dang, that is tough. <laughs> okay. so um hmm <laughs> <laughs> where to go,
5: where to go? <laughs> I mean like how do you guys feel about the whole like spiritual high aspect of sermons and like types of worship because I- I've, I've heard many arguments on like the whole thing because I'm I mean you guys know me I'm like not very much of like a very communal type like spiritual person I, i'm a very like self like individualistic like uh person spiritually so like the whole like aspect of going to a sermon getting that spiritual high do you think it's like important do you think that we can do without it or like do you think it's necessary do you think it's not what What are y'all's opinions about it
6: i think it's important i think
5: um. it's
1: Oh, sorry
6: yeah, there's like a social aspect that's still needed, and that you get through going to these sermons. You, I mean, you don't want to wrap yourself up in an echo chamber, you know, and, and stop getting new thoughts and new perspectives. But it, it, you gotta find a balance, you know.
3: I think, I think it's I think they're good. It's like it's you know it's, it's a good time. People like feeling very close to God. Um, like God gave us feelings for a reason, you know, but I also think we should be very careful about them because I think they can be abused by, um, like worship leaders and pastors and stuff. I I don't know how we go about this, but somehow make like people realize, especially kids growing up in like the Adventist system or just Christian systems in general, like make them realize that their relationship with God is not tied to how they're feeling in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely like went years and years, just one spiritual high to another feeling like I, like I was just going in cycles with my relationship with God, like wondering why I couldn't always feel, feel that close to him. Um, and then I realized there was a thing called spiritual highs. <laughs> um, I don't know. We need to teach people about those for sure. At the very least.
4: Yeah. I think growing up, like, especially because I am, yeah, like, fourth or fifth generation Adventist, so, um, like, I've been around a lot of Adventist events, a lot of Adventist things, and spiritual highs are definitely a thing, especially in, like, I feel like smaller churches use them more strategically to, like, maintain, like, numbers and maintain, like, status quo, and I remember, like, just growing up and, and like, trying to figure out how I, how like my relationship with god looked and how how that would play out in my life and like I mean I would go to summer camp in like early high school and I felt like my first time at summer camp it was just like this huge spiritual high I was super connected with all the people I met um yeah just really big spiritual high and then after that like it was just like kind of flat like there was no there's no spiritual high after that so I thought that just, all the the connection I felt at summer camp it was a Christian at an Adventist summer camp all that connection I felt with God the community I felt that there it wasn't around me and so that I I felt like there was a disconnect between me and God and it felt like something I had done and not necessarily I didn't see it as environmental based not personal based mm-hmm. and I think that can be tricky for especially for young people mm-hmm. That's
2: a good point. I would say that as people, we are social creatures, even though I would love to deny that constantly. Um, But the idea of having a church and having things like that is good to have like people to quote unquote recharge your batteries. Because if you're like on your own, you would love someone else to like, come to you and help like encourage you to keep going at it if you're trying to fight for this relationship with God. And I remember I was even talking with my parents back in the day. I said back in the day it was like a couple months ago. Um and we were talking about the idea of like in other like communities, right? If you're like not in a church and not doing anything, some people are fighting just to have a community to go to, right? Like in my instance, I'm trying to move out to a whole other state where I know maybe five people max, like actually have a relationship with maybe five people. And even then, honestly, it could just be three because one is my cousin and other people were people that I loosely worked with, right? But the idea is imagine you go somewhere completely brand new, got nothing, got no people, got no other, unless like, again, we're in the modern age where you can just go on the internet. But like, realistically, how much does like an online relationship with people last outside of, oh, I check in, I say hi, I say hello, we play games together. But like, if you want someone to like talk with, like together in a space, like I know for a fact, I personally gain nothing from like phone calls with and just doing like just random messages then compared to when we're all hanging out in a group together, you know, having a fun time and we're actually being able to like bounce off each other emotionally and all that stuff. So, I think the idea of like even having those social like areas and churches and things like that are beneficial, especially to help grow your own community and have like a place to go to. It's like the idea of like the original safe space in a sense, because everyone needs their safe space. Essentially, that church can be your safe space uh, to be able to think about uh, your own walk with God, talk to other people about grinding and like being able to go up in your faith, things like that. So I think there's a necessary need for it, but also it could be used very poorly because like uh, everything else, we are people. We are inherently sinful and we somehow ruin every good thing we get.
1: Yeah. I think the correct word for it is like a revival. Like, I don't really want to call it like a spiritual high because some people can get a spiritual eye for it, but some people just need a revival. Like people mm-hmm. who haven't like been in a relationship with God or God, like we can't see him. He's not tangible. So it's sometimes it's hard for us to fully like connect with someone that we can't see or touch. And so I think that's why even altar calls are used. So it's kind of like a way that people can kind of be like the voice in your head like the holy spirit or something so it's like kind of like helping you talking to you because for the people who like it does really well for them and it has like had some sort of beneficial experience i feel like that is the experience it is for them just them sitting in the seat focusing on god um it's kind of like group prayers like you're not exactly praying to god yourself but like it just helps you just zone in on the moment and on the words and just like, if also just having that physical, this like moment of like, I'm declaring God right now can be very powerful for someone. And so like when that altar call is happening and they're in their heart and they're in their seat wrestling with God, like whether or not what they should do or not, having that moment of deciding like, I need to stand up right now. I need to go, can be very powerful. Um, I, I For me, I've had moments where like, the pastors like stand up if you like, not like walk down, but like stand up if you've been struggling with this or this and this and this and like, well, pray. And like some people see that as like outing someone else's like struggles. But for me, I found it, I have found it beneficial in the fact of like owning up what I've been struggling with and not just like keeping it a secret, I guess. Um, so it's been beneficial for me. I do want to go back a little bit to, I think something that Briley mentioned a little bit back of just um, pastors just wanting the numbers and not like the connection. I feel like our church has tried to make a turning point of trying to make sure that we keep people in the church, like helping people who aren't in the church. Like I've heard that being talked about in sermons a lot recently. And also just like in our church, you have to have some sort of, baptismal class before you get baptized like mm-hmm. but the problem is is how they trick people with that because that baptismal class like how individual churches will trick people with that because they'll say oh that evangelistic meeting for that week was your evangelistic class and you're ready mm-hmm. so like if you went to the evangelistic meeting like all week basically like you can get baptized mm-hmm. or for our school like um for elementary school that me and dana went to in kirby Um, like what we basically did they had a pastor come in and teach us like as a group setting like we had us mark our bibles teach us um, like what we need to know in order to be baptized and then we got a certificate at the end like basically saying that we finished our baptismal classes and it was (laughs) something that you got to sign up for it wasn't like a forced thing so if you wanted to do baptismal classes but it was like fourth grade so like I don't know what that would mean. And I know OJA had it too, because um, I also signed up for those classes or my mom signed me up for the classes, but thankfully I wanted to do them. But I can't imagine how many parents are like, getting that, getting that in their announcement mail. And they're like, oh, baptismal classes. You're ready for this, right? Okay, you're gonna go during lunch and not be able to do recess and do this instead. Um, and so, like, once you finish that, then it's like, oh, you can go ahead and get baptized. You're ready. So I feel like although our church is trying to, like, prevent people from getting baptized without knowing what they're getting into, I feel like individual people in churches, in schools, have a problem with um, kind of going around that. hmm
2: I was gonna say something. I just was waiting. it was gonna talk, but I know uh, from my parents growing up, the idea was that like I wasn't allowed to get baptized until I was at a certain age because they, my mom was raised uh, Catholic, my dad was raised Baptist, and at least in the Catholic Church, it was like, oh, you're born, you're baptized. That's how it works. Like that's why there's baby dedications instead of baby baptisms. But, like, my parents are definitely in the idea, of like, you need to know what you're doing before you get into it, but then somehow everything flipped when I turned, like, what, 18, and now I'm kind of in the boat where most people are like, well, imagine you have to get re-baptized. I know for a fact I'm probably going to have to get rebaptized because I ended up only getting baptized just to go allowed to go on a trip, so I'm guilty, <laughs> but I hold up to it. <laughs>
5: I mean, like, listen, dude. It, it, that that's your spiritual walk, man. No one, no one should be able to shame you for for whatever decision you end up deciding to do. Like, I I was baptized at nine because I like it, at that time and like it was uh, like Pastor Diane's like uh, thing. Yeah, that I, I was baptized through that, and I I was sitting there going like, I'm nine years old. I want to be baptized before I'm ten. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> That was like the main driving force of me getting baptized. I'm like, I'm turning those double digits, bro. I got, I gotta do it. I gotta make this commitment. Like, I, I'm like, like looking back at it, I was like a 30 year old man trying to decide if he's gonna go to a different career. I was just going like, it's now or never, baby. I no now. So like, and I like my mindset was like more or less like pure in that case where I was just like. I need, I need to make this commitment now. I got, I got to do all the things that I got to do to get baptized now. So like, I went to like, you know, Pastor Diane's like classes and stuff. And like, I also like went around like Forest City when the church I was at and like did the baptismal classes there. And I was just like, yeah, I'm ready to make this commitment. And then after I did, it, I was like, nothing changed. <laughs> I was like being told, was, like Danny, you're going to feel this like amazing spiritual power come through you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for it. Yeah, like, oh, you know, your entire life is gonna be changed. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like pumped up nine-year-old going like my life's gonna be changed. That's and an important outside, thing. They're just like, here's your plaque, and I'm like, by the way. Like, I was like, I got my plaque, they, they they took me, like my parents took a picture of me, and they were just like, All right, time to go home. And I'm like we don't, we, do <laughs> we don't even get popped We don't even
0: get
1: Like, I was like, I got debated. <laughs> yeah. Like, me and Daniel were baptized by the same person, same thing. But for me, I wanted to get baptized very young. And my family was very against it. Same situation with Kirby. Like, coming from, like, Catholic-ish backgrounds. Like, very big on, like, not baptizing us unless we're 100%. Ready, but I've like, I felt very ready and I was just like, I need to get baptized. Like I did baptismal classes at OJ like, and I was, I left OJ when I was in second grade. So I was doing them really early. Like everyone else in the class was like in seventh or eighth grade. And I was like, Hey, I'm in second grade and I'm ready to learn about Jesus. Like, (laughs) um, and then they did it again at fleece. And I knew there was a bunch of people there who didn't want to be in the class. And that's why I mentioned that there was a bunch of people, the, their parents who signed them up for it. And they're like, Oh, I guess you're ready to be baptized. You finished the class. Um, and then I had to do some with like my pastor at my church and stuff like that. So they were really like, kind of urging me not to. I know Pastor Diane was like, are you sure? Like, please don't do this unless you're absolutely possible. I've never had anyone tell me that you would get some sort of spiritual like what you're saying like uh, boost. i didn't i didn't get that from pastor diane i got yeah. that, that was for like members
5: of like the four city church that were just like, oh, oh, okay. like they they made this because i'm like you know my, my parents were like kind of popular in the church and they're just like oh, Danina uh, and uh, Dan- anais's child is going to get baptized we need to go watch it we need to go to four city and try it and i was like wow. i'm a guy but everyone's just going like daniel you're you're gonna be feeling this fantastic power of christ you're gonna be feeling this spiritual i was like I'm ready. I can't wait to feel this.
1: <laughs> I was like, that was it. Um, what, what the heck, guys? That must have been such a bummer. I literally was warned again. I was warned the exact opposite. Like, there isn't gonna be some magical like thing that will make you feel better. Like, you have to know that. Like, don't just do this for the wrong reasons. Like, that's the thing that I was. Feeling. So, like, I feel very calm. Like, even to like this day, like, I don't feel like. I need another baptism, even though I was born, like baptized at a very young age, but I feel like most people who are baptized around my age like, are like, yeah, I'm going to need to do this again because the first time wasn't right. Um, but honestly, the first time I heard about rebaptisms, I thought it was only for people who like left the church and came back. So even the concept of rebaptisms, I didn't realize that like anyone could do it. <laughs> so that was an interesting thing for me to find out. But...
5: I like to think of it as like kind of like a lesson for me at that point, because what that taught me was that, Oh, not every experience that I have with God is going to be like that is It's going to, it's going to be that, that moment. And then later on in life, it kind of confirmed my theory that like, you know, I'm not going to be sitting there. I'm not going to be feeling this like amazing spiritual power or whatever, like this amazing spiritual higher. And for me, like, I learned that that basically at that exact moment when I didn't feel anything, I was just like, Oh Yeah that's probably not going to happen. That's probably not <laughs> That's a gonna good be-
3: lesson. That's a good lesson to learn. at such a, year. yeah, I'm
5: glad I'm, I'm happy that I learned that lesson, but it's all, like, it's the same time where I'm just like, it kind of sucks that it was portrayed to me that way. Like yeah. th- that was a, that was, that was an active effort. And I think it had to do mostly for the fact that I was young and like my, like specifically my church, like doesn't really treat the youth the way they should be. Like, they kind of just treat them like a bunch of mindless idiots, so...
6: Oh. Yeah. That, <laughs> that happens.
5: That like,
1: that happens.
6: Yeah, so... Not as, like, a, huh? that.
5: Huh?
6: Not that it's okay, but... Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Daniel. That's
1: no, you
5: but yeah, that was that was like kind of the impression that I got later on. I was just like, oh, I'm a child. They're going to treat me like one. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I,
5: I'm making an adult decision as a child. <laughs> oh, so like I, I kind of you know I, I understood why they would say that to me, but like
1: I got a plan. You, huh? <laughs> I got a plan when I got baptized. I'm like I'm gonna. You were like it. I got
5: I got I got <laughs> I mean like I, for me like I, I, it was like something that I thought about and it was confirmed later on especially like going to like youth camps for like a lot of my life Bible camps like going a lot to like these like places that I kind of realized there was a trend in each place I went to and it was that spiritual high aspect where they try to manipulate you into feeling those things and like for me I yeah, like what Daniel was saying before like I think for some people it, it is like a good experience. <coughs> Like, especially like something that like, you know, maybe like a revival, like something that people like probably like they, they need spiritually or like they feel like they need it spiritually. Uh, How do you guys feel about the people who don't know that they might need it? Like, do you think that it should, should still be like something that they should go through or should they like, or should you have to always consent to always having that spiritual high? Because I know there's a lot of people, especially like in like our generation That don't take too kindly to to stuff like that anymore. They they see it and they're like, Nope, I'm out of here. I don't want to deal with this, even though they might need it spiritually.
6: Can you repeat the question one more time? Do you think
5: that do you think that spiritual high aspect, that revival thing should be happening even though a person doesn't realize that they need it?
1: I don't understand your question. Like they can always leave. I think
2: I think I get
5: get it.
1: I think it's the
2: idea of like someone being kind of like they like I think it's like the idea of having a rebellious nature and it's just like oh I don't need this I don't need to be doing any of this but like realistically, you can see like you can see looking at them like yo I think you could benefit from this but like they don't want to accept the fact that this is something they might need so I think it's like because
1: how do you tell someone if they when they how do you tell someone they need it yeah like
5: how yeah like how would you like because a lot of people are very against that like like i mean we are obviously uh, like with our purpose of out- alter call, we're just like this is cringe this is like you know most of the time but like there are some cases that some people need it so like how do we find those people right like how do we figure out that 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 person needs that altar call
3: i mean you can't so like yeah, that- like, are you are you asking if like pastors should stop or should just keep doing it for those specific people
5: I, yeah should they keep doing it for those specific people i mean yeah
3: just, uh, i I, so I don't like, yeah i definitely i definitely feel like altar calls should still exist i think we've all felt manipulated by them and annoyed by them and we probably will continue to do so um but i mean i think they should still exist maybe not be used so much
1: but yeah i yeah. think the frequency of it is the problem <laughs> Again, yeah. having that random guy who's just traveling, doing it. I feel like they should only be used for evangelical like moments. Yeah,
6: yeah, I would agree.
1: Yeah, but um, I don't know how. Like, I guess I was thinking about it when you guys don't have to answer. But is everyone here baptized, or has some people like decided not to wait, like or to wait or? Something?
4: I'm baptized.
1: So we're all baptized. Were we all baptized yeah. before the age of 15? Yeah, I
4: was 14.
1: 14.
6: I think I was baptized at 16 then. Mm-hmm. I was um, baptized
1: at
2: 18.
1: Oh, all right. Wait, when were you baptized? I don't remember you getting baptized.
2: I, I, I mentioned it. I got baptized to go on a trip. So the summer I went to France, I got baptized literally the week before I left.
1: I remember that. Yeah. Well, you got baptized yeah. to go on
2: the trip. The, and this is where it was yeah. This is.
3: <laughs> so was this, this a rule this, that your parents gave you, or was this a rule that the? Literally, it
2: was a. It, no, it was an ultimatum. My parents gave me literally oh once I was like right about to leave. They were like, "You should get baptized for you leave." I'm like, "Well, like I don't." the need to do that like no you need to get baptized you're not gonna i'm not gonna let you go see, unless you get baptized
3: do they see baptized as equivalent with being saved like were they like if something happens to you on this trip you need to be saved i can
2: tell you this right now i have no idea because <laughs> even the way my dad is now it's like the nuance between him is so crazy that i don't think he would be doing he would be doing that today Interesting. I think the man from 2018 to the man He's I evolving. know now is a di- that's a different person. So I'm sitting there I'm like, I don't know where this came from, but I don't know where they're like, you need to get back. But so I just kind of like sat there at 18 going like I'm just gonna go for motions so I can get in the water so I can get out. Because we are i got excited for this we're
3: trip.
1: going to France. Like, you mentioned that earlier, but I didn't understand what you were saying.
3: No, I You got back to that, go with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, that's what I so said. I'm weird. probably gonna have to
2: get rebaptized because it was just like I literally did it just so I can get what I wanted. It was, yeah. And it's just so messed up. Oh no. Damn it. So oof, oh, my guy. It's it.
1: That's that's a lot. I've never heard. My brother you.
2: got baptized the same uh the same night. We got baptized the same night, That's and I was only get baptized because I need to leave, and he got baptized because I was getting baptized.
1: Also, hey, real quick, and-
4: oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, me and Delano got baptized at the same time too. Oh,
1: mm-hmm.
6: was- I kind of feel like I want to get rebaptized. Why? Um, I feel like I wasn't thinking about it. Uh, enough when i went through it not that i don't think it was a mistake or anything that when i had it done i just feel like but well, maybe i don't need to be re-baptized but i've come to a new point in my my spiritual walk my my christian walk that it's like it's different than it was then so
3: yeah and you're and the thing is like i don't i think being baptized or being re- baptized is a very personal decision so i definitely don't want to say you should or you shouldn't but for me mm-hmm. personally um like I was baptized around like seven or eight. So really young. And I've definitely come to many new points since then in my spiritual walk. And like, I'm always going to be like learning new things and, and feeling closer to God than I did previous years. Um, and I don't know if like, I definitely didn't understand a lot of things about being a Christian when I was that young, just because I was that young. But like, in my view, that was me like we said earlier, like bapti- getting baptized is like kind of a declaration to people that like you are, you want to follow God. You want to commit your life to like yourself to God, your life to God. Um, and I feel like I did that. And even though I understand a lot more now, and I'm like more mature as a Christian, like that commitment has been my commitment, you know, as I've grown up. So I, I personally don't feel the need to get rebaptized. I That's feel fair. like a lot of like Definitely at um, like on spiritual highs, or at summer camp, or at in altar calls and stuff, people start feeling guilty, and they just feel like, "Oh man, I've messed up so much. I need to get rebaptized because I've just ruined my previous baptism." But you don't ruin, you don't like ruin it. I mean, if again, like it's a very personal decision, and there can be so many reasons why someone would, would want to get rebaptized. Um, so I can I can respect that, but that's just how I see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
6: yeah. I think I agree. yeah I, I kind of align with that
1: but I also feel like there's people who like didn't come at it with like full heartedness mm-hmm. in the first place like Kirby like he was just kind of trying to like do it in order to get something yeah other people who like their parents just sign them up for the class and they're like I guess this is the next step so I understand it sort of like for that reason because it's like if you're even if you were young and you did it full-heartedness like you did it full-heartedness like um but if you didn't do it full-heartedness it, I feel like it can leave like a guilt um yeah. but I feel like that's the same thing when people leave the church and then come back it's like mm-hmm. their relationship with God is completely different because they probably left the church already thinking like the whole time they were getting baptized or whatever like I don't really want to do this I don't really believe in this but they're just going through the motions and so when they come back into the church they're like okay now I'm actually in this
0: mm-hmm.
5: I mean like I'm in like a very similar situation as Darcy like I'm just, I was like baptized really young I mean the I i definitely went into like full-heartedness and like kept a lot of like the things I learned from that so that's why personally I don't feel like I need to get rebaptized. like but like, yeah, it was, it was a nine year old Daniel. Like, that is a very different Daniel. Like, that, that is an entirely different person. So, like, parts of me, like, you know, like, I think we retain a little bit parts of our youth, like, as we go, like, get older. But, like, that that part of me that was, that was like, that made that commitment, I, I don't think has changed in any way. So, I, I feel like I don't need to get baptized. Well, like, I can. I can, I can like un- completely understand why any person would want to be rebaptized for any reason entirely because like not only is it a very personal statement mm-hmm. like besides the the public statement of like you know the baptism and the ceremony and whatever like it is a very personal statement that you're saying to yourself that like I am committed to this like I am I'm baptizing my my name uh, myself in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit so like that that's a very big commitment to make and when you have that mindset like when you when you come at it in, at that way, you start focusing on on different details in your like, the the aspect that I don't like is the guilt tripping, the mm-hmm. that per, like whoever has that mentality like if you feel like that's something that's going to be fixed by getting rebaptized, do go for it like like just come into the mindset that you are making this decision because of X Y Z that like, you are making this decision because you want to whatever grounds you are for no other reason so that that's the main emphasis that like I feel like anyone should take away when talking about their baptism they like I am doing this because I I I want to I want to give my life to Christ not because my parents told me not because like my family my church family told me not because I want to go to a trip or anything like that like it's because I want to so sorry Kirby I know we're we're, we're like beating you down on that one but like (laughs) Like, I mean, it's a, it's a proper example of why you would want to be rebaptized. So, like, hey, and if you want any, like, and if you want to stick with that baptism, that's completely up to you. So,
6: yeah.
3: As long as people aren't getting baptized to be saved, like, as long as that is very clear that it is not tied together, then, like, yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. That's a good point.
1: I also think it's a problem that our church doesn't let people in our church unless they're baptized.
5: That one's wild. That that one that was throwing the wrench at me, and every time he's like, "How are you supposed to help them if they're the whole point is to get them there, not not to kick them out the door before they even get there?" I'm just like, "You're just talking about logistics at this point." All right, hang
6: on. Can we (laughs) clarify by um, let people in our church? Are you meaning as become a member or become a member? Okay,
1: yeah, yeah. Because I know people who were guilted at a young age to get baptized because so that they can get a discount in school oh wow huh. so that's the only way you can become a member if you're baptized and their parents didn't want to get baptized so they're like dang you have to get baptized
5: how do, you, how do you not like as a church administrator how do you sit there and think oh there's gonna be no other, this is gonna bring people to cry i that that one throws a wrench at any thinking that i have don't know right.
1: how to that so any like final thoughts that you just were kind of holding in um, that you just want to say real quick and then um, afterwards we'll move into application.
2: Okay. Oh, I thought Kayla want going to go. That's why I was like, uh, uh, okay. Um, final thoughts. I think that um, with this conversation, I'm able to notice how not only is... Um, just altar calls as a form of evangelism. And just, if, if we're looking at evangelism as realistically, we found out that evangelism is gaslighting. Evangelism also is just the <laughs> idea of getting numbers into any certain group.
1: Not uh, evangelism, both... altar calls.
2: Okay, well, I would say <laughs> my parents telling me to t- get baptized before leaving for a trip was a form of altar calls. And
1: was <laughs> <gaslighted>. <laughs>
2: Oh, he's got a point, though. (laughs) So that's my personal application of what this conversation was and my final thought. But also, uh, do it when you feel like it's right, when you want to build a relationship with Jesus Christ, because that's what matters. It doesn't matter who, what group you're part of, what you're doing is that you've built a relationship. And a relationship is going to get you through the door and get you wanting to be as close as possible with Jesus Christ Day.
1: <laughs> Love it. That was very well said. That was kind of an application. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> Caitlin, do you have anything to say? You haven't said much.
0: I was just going to say um, the only thing um, is what Daniel was talking about with the with the like revival stuff and if it's important or not, I think it's important but I think also it's very situational and it needs like number one the pastor needs to read the room like is does he like feel it out like is gonna help people or and like don't make it into a guilt trip and I feel like the um, manipulative aspect of it needs to be taken out because and, like, it needs to be approached from a very um, humble place because it's not the pastor that's, like, because, like, you guys were talking about, um, sometimes it feels like the pastor is just, like, trying to get you in the door or, like, write a name on a list or, like, put a number down for souls that they've saved. And that doesn't really help anybody. And that just feels wrong. Um so I feel like it, It when you do altar calls, it needs to come from a place of like, I'm not the one saving people. I'm like, God is saving them. And like, you're inviting them to a relationship with God, but that has nothing to do with you.
5: Caitlin, if I could record, actually, we are recording this. If I could have that as a soundbite and send it to almost every pastor, I would right now. Because, oh my God, I, I completely forgot to touch on this aspect. So I'll, I'm going to go a little bit on this as my final thought. I hate it when it comes an ego thing for pastors. They inflate their ego with it. And I think that's why sometimes they make it last so long. So so you guys don't understand that I'm not a terrible person. That's kind of why I hope they nobody shows up when it becomes, because you can obviously see on stage when it's an ego thing for them. And they're like, you know, God, I, I just really hope that at least one person shows up, even though we, it's been, like, like, 20 minutes and no one's shown up. Like, I hope at least one person, God, please, for me, I'm you know, like, yeah, for oh, really, me. Oh. like, for, really, bro, for you, oh, you, you threw yourself down on the bus. That, yeah. You already ruined yourself by saying that. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I'm, like, definitely the, the humble aspect is so important. I think that like it's something that we we like a little bit glanced over in that because like that is that you're calling people to God. Like, you got to be humble about it. Like it's not you doing it. It's God that's doing it. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing it. So that's a very important thing to add on to that. Thank you, Caitlin.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think for me what Caitlin said like um is like kind of feeds into my also my final thoughts is reading the room like say that in baseball letters because if you're doing an altar call with your regular members (laughs) during an evangelistic meeting and you're looking at everyone in the room and they're all baptized but you're still (laughs) doing an altar call like that is so not called for. Like no one yeah. asked for that. Like why are you doing that? You're literally doing that just to guilt your members in order for you to feel good and so you can have a day of baptism. Like and be like, oh yeah, we're gonna have five baptisms today. We're so glad it's our church members too. Literally, it's our church members because they're already baptized. Like, <laughs> like what are you trying to do? So, um, yeah, I don't like that. Um, at all read the room for sure Um, and definitely I feel like they need to have um, baptismal like meetings for sure that are like official but yeah definitely read the room um, when you're doing a baptism any other final thoughts
3: I mean I'm just here for the shorter altar calls that's my (laughs) final thought
5: (laughs) yeah yeah I give you sixty seconds, bro. That's all you got. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Focus on people over numbers. I think that's been said many times here before. I'm just gonna say it again.
5: <laughs> yeah,
6: it's a dangerous game to play when you turn people into a uh, number or profit.
3: Yeah,
1: it's relationships. Mm-hmm. It needs to be relationships. Thankfully, that's what it is. also shouting out to our church because we've been saying all the bad things. <laughs> Thankfully, our church does not have like the amount of people in the church depicts like how much the pastor makes, you know,
3: mm-hmm. all
1: the back yeah, to the church and then it gets refed out so that that way, not one church is like, like oh, <laughs> overpowered. Supporting all. their
3: pastor. Yeah, <laughs>
1: supporting their pastor and like his numbers actually does equal his paycheck. So at least that's a good thing. Yeah,
3: that is <laughs> anyway. good. Yeah,
1: it is. sounds like a common
2: sense thing, but
1: yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> most churches do not run that way, so... <laughs>
2: Common sense is not common, Daniel. We've talked about this.
1: Uh, (laughs) You're right. My bad. bad. Okay, Bradley, Delaney, (laughs) any other final thoughts?
6: Nah, I think you guys wrapped it up pretty well for me.
4: Yeah, I think it's pretty wrapped up. I really think a focus should be relationship based, but we've already kind of covered that.
1: Yeah, but it's good to reiterate that the end relationship based (laughs) content. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening to the Potluck the podcast. I'm Danila. I'm Kirby. I'm Darcy.
3: I'm
4: Caitlin. I'm Briley.
5: I completely forgot we were doing this. I'm Daniel. <laughs>
6: I'm Delano.
3: And we'll see you guys next
6: time. Bye. Bye.